Hello people, it's your boy Caesar here and this is a Hyperclub midweek one shot. Hope you're doing good. Um, yeah, this is just a quick one roundup of what's going on in the Gooniverse right now. Um, you know where to find us on socials at the Hybrid Club. You can find me at Caesars, C-E-A-S-E-S-A-Y-S. So yeah, hope all is good people. Um, just wanted to do a quick catch up this morning just to see what's going on. Um, so really the story of the moment right now is pretty much all about the outgoings um obviously we've got to the stage of the season now where we've got a few more players who need to leave um and it's you know i don't think any of these are acrimonious i think it's players who either aren't in uh arteta's plan to do for one reason or want to move on and the club want to move them on but these were the the ones that were probably always going to drag till the end of the window and here we are and you know, I think, what, eight days left, I think. Um, window closes on September 1st. So, yeah, we've got some stuff we need to get done. Um, one of which, Hector Bayerin. Now, I thought this would be done by now simply because I figured, you know, there really isn't much to do here. The, you know, by all accounts, Betty still have financial problems. Bellerin still only wants to go there. And Arsenal still went and gone and want the wages off the books. So, you know, this looks like it's heading in, in one direction. The good old Edu special, crack out the crack out the Edu technique, cancel that contract, get the wages off the book, and off we move. But you never know. This is football, as we've always said. Uh, reports coming out that Barcelona are interested in uh, bringing Hector Bellerin back to the Camp Nou. That would be an interesting move. Now, obviously, have to take all reporting with a pitch of salt. Suggests that uh, you know if they don't get some of their other transfer targets, like Foyth, for example, uh, then they'll move for Bellerin. So suggestions he's been told to wait till the end of the window don't know how true those are so again take all rumors with a pinch of salt right um and i'm certainly not a rumor monger so i'm not here to to peddle that what i would say is um you know he bellerin this whole time has been very adamant um you know he's he, he went on Betis tv and spoke about it. he's been very public about wanting to go back there um i don't think that reporting has, has been off at all based on his own words um, but would, what would be interesting is, you know, Barcelona are on a spending and recruitment uh, spree, but they're also trying to get some, you know, some cheaper deals done, despite, you know, having players they still haven't paid, but okay. Um, so what would happen if they were seriously interested, you know, offering him a chance to go back uh, to Barcelona, you know, play in the Champions League, compete for the title, play with the likes of Lewandowski, um, you know, it... it it does make you wonder if that might test his resolve. Now, you know, Bellerin's always come across as somewhat of an ethical guy, but business is business, and this would be an opportunity for him to play for Barcelona at a time when maybe he thought that opportunity was gone. Um, it would also mean that maybe Betis might be forced to actually try and dip their hat into their pocket and reconfigure their finances in a way to make an actual offer because there's competition for him. So... Either way, if the interest in Barcelona is true, it can only be a good thing for us because the more people that are interested in him, the more likely we are to get a fee. So we can still get the wages off a book and make a bit of money on the side. So honestly, good news there, if all is to be believed. Um, and if not, we're waiting for the same thing, contractor termination. But we'll see how that goes. Um, obviously, the big news going on right now in terms of Arsenal transfer world is... Um, the interest, the reported interest in Pedro Neto of Wolves, 22-year-old winger. 
he looks good. This is what I'm saying. Don't watch the comps. If you haven't watched the comps, don't watch the comps because you'll you'll start to fall in love with the idea of him playing for Arsenal if he plays the way he plays in those comps. So don't do it yourself if you haven't. Just wait to see what happens because, um, like I said, if he plays the way he plays in those comps, that's that's a <laughs> being able to alternate between. Uh, you know, I just want you to picture it. Bakayo Saka's been running his running his legs off. He's been tearing it down the right. You know twisting defenders all sides left right left right you know he's absolutely exhausted you know they've had to double up on Saka just to just to be able to deal with him and then Saka comes off and Pedronato comes on I mean it, it if you're a winger that's just you're just fuming you're absolutely fuming so yeah there's there's definitely a, a certain appeal to it but uh as I said we'll see what happens um the Wolves boss Bruno Lage was asked about it and he basically said I heard about that, but nothing has come to us. It's normal to have this interest, but no one told me no one told me anything about any proposals, so I cannot confirm anything, is essentially what he said. Um, now, yeah, whether or not that's true, obviously, sometimes managers out and out lie. Um, in other times, you know, you have to look at the wording, right? He said no one's told him anything about any proposals. That doesn't mean he's not aware of any actual concrete interest, if you get my meaning, right? So you kind of have to look at how they phrase these things. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see where it goes. The reporting seems to suggest uh, there is a lot of interest and that it is very much tied up in Nicolas Pepe going. Um, now, of course, Nicolas Pepe is currently, along with Arsenal, negotiating with a move to Nice. Um, that would be a good move for him by all accounts. Uh, he seems, again, reporting to be believed, he seems to be interested and the clubs are negotiating. As you would expect, the sticking point is the fee. I suspect Arsenal are going to have to hold that in terms of some or a significant portion of that, of, of those wages. Uh, when I say fee, sorry, I'm at wages. Yeah, Arsenal are going to have to hold a, a significant portion of that, I suspect, in terms of paying it. But, uh, you know, even if they're able to get 50% of his wages off the book, even if it's 60% off the book, it's better than nothing. And so the question then is whether it's a straight loan or whether it's a buy option inside. Um, hopefully he can uh, get the move done because like we've said, you know, we talked it to death. He needs to move. He needs to play. He's not in Arteta's plans. It's been clear from the moment he arrived, as much as he's had good moments under Arteta, he's never, he's never really been Arteta's guy and we know this. So I think the move uh, is, is good for all parties. So now we have to figure out um, what happens if that move does come off. Because if it doesn't come off, then, you know, my guess is he'll be in and around the squad, probably playing the Cups Europa League, but that's about it. And, uh, you know, then we go again in January. But um, assuming that move goes off, is it Pedro Neto? Is it Pepe from Porto? Is it, you know, I mean, it won't be Callum Hudson-Odoi. He looks like he's going on loan to uh, Bayer Leverkusen. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens there because it also tells you a bit, we're starting to get a bit of an understanding about the players that Arteta likes because there was a while where, obviously, he focused very much on building the defence, so signing new defenders and building on that. So we got a sense for the type of defenders he was going for. But, you know, I mean, Jesus was the first striker he bought um, and, obviously, signed up Saka, no-brainer, signed up Smith Rowe in terms of new contracts. Um, Martellini was bought before he came. Um, Pepe was obviously before his time. So a lot of the, ta- you know, before they left Aubameyang and Lacazette were before his time. So a lot of the attackers he's been dealing with, you know, while he's kept them, he didn't bring them in. So, you know, and effectively you re-sign them, you're saying you want them. 
but it's interesting to see, you know, what type of wide player he brings in um, when he's the one doing it. Obviously, they they brought in young Marquinhos from Brazil, and you can see the kind of player he is already in terms of um, hard working, hard running, tricky winger, getting in back post and and being a goal threat and uh, an assist threat as well. So it looks like Arteta maybe has a type of winger that he likes, um, and we're starting to see that play out. And if the Pedro Neto um, archetype of winger is, is is vibe, then it's all right by me because I, I love a tricky winger who lets go inside, outside and, and take people on and has that confidence and and no fear. Um, so we'll see what happens there. It will be, I you know, I don't, I don't know how long this deal will take to do because as I said, I think it's highly likely it's connected to Pepe leaving, number one. Number two, you know, Wolves have just sold um, Morgan Gibbs-White to the Forest for 44.5 million. I just want you to 44.5 million pounds. You know, we're hearing about Anthony Gordon going from Everton to Chelsea potentially for 60 million plus. I mean, yeah, the English tax is real. That is a that's a real thing. Um, so, but the point is that if Wolves have, have sold um, Gibbs-White for 44.5 million already, they've brought some money in. They may not be in a position where they're desperate to sell Pedro Neto, sign the new contract this March, going to 2027. So they're in a strong negotiating position. By all accounts, it sounds like Neto's interested, again, if reports are to be believed. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I guess it might take a decent offer. Now, I, I do wonder what that offer is, you know, hearing reports of 50-odd million, if that's true. Considering some of the prices you're seeing for some of these other players, that might not be a bad price, but as always the case, it's a negotiation if you can get it for lower and if the reporting's even right. But if you can get it for lower, you certainly need to try. Um, Pedro Neto's agent is uh, George Mendes and, you know, one of the super agents and represents a lot of the, particularly a lot of the Portuguese um, players who who are, you know, I mean, every level of world, of world football, really. Some of his clients are like uh, Renato Sanchez, Ruben Diaz, Bernardo Silva, Diego Jota. Um, you know, speaking of the latter, he facilitated the Diego Jota move from Wolves to Liverpool, um, which has, I think, by all accounts, turned out to be a spectacular success uh, for all parties involved there. So who knows? Let's see if he can make the same thing happen uh, with regards to Neto coming to Arsenal. Um, yeah, speaking of transfers, Ornstein reporting that Leicester turned down 70 mil for Fafana. <sighs> I mean, Fafana looks good and he had a really, you know, he had a really good season. Obviously, his form's dipped a bit um, and he's sort of not playing now because of the whole transfer saga. And Leicester needs to sell, we know. Leicester needs to sell. Um, Chelsea offering silly money. Fafana wants to go. I mean, not having Fafana, you, you don't imagine that's going to drastically impact Leicester, particularly if they're able to replace with a with a decent replacement. Um, but, you know, by all accounts, they're not competing for the league or or even, you know, you wouldn't think Leicester compete for the top four. Um, turning down 70 mil is a bold move. I can only assume it's because they are pretty strongly confident that Chelsea will up their bid. And to be honest, the way Chelsea have been moving in this transfer market, I am not surprised that they think Chelsea will up their bid because Chelsea are offering some silly money for some... Yeah, they're offering silly money for players that... I think in, you know, you never know, one or two of them could hit, but I think some of them, they're going to regret some of the money that they're potentially going to be spending. But we'll see. I, as I say, if if uh, 
if Leicester do get more than 70 mil for Fafana, then that will be a very good deal for them indeed. And I do wonder whether or not it has any impact on the situation with Gleis and Madison and more importantly for us, Yuri Tielemans. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, speaking of Tielemans, that's pretty much where I'm going to next. Um, so it's it's been long reported this entire summer that Arsenal have effectively agreed personal terms to Yuri Tielemans. Um, so now it's just a, a case of Arsenal actually formally approaching Leicester with an actual offer. And obviously, uh, reporting from the early, from the Athletic earlier from Gunner Blogs suggesting that Arsenal's interest had called. Now, uh, the talk seems to be that Arsenal are nearly ready to go in with their bid. Um, question of that disparity in valuation between the clubs. You'd think with one year left on his contract, the fact that he's being, you know, he played last night uh, for Leicester um, in the League Cup. But... Prior to that, you know, not really being involved in the match day squad um, due to, you know, the the I suppose the impact the story the stories are having on his uh, focus. Um, you'd think that with that being the case, um, a, a, an agreement could be found. You'd think so, right? If you've got to the stage where you're struggling to play a player because you're worried about their focus because you know their head's been turned by a potential transfer you're at the stage where I think you need to sit down and negotiate and table, as I said, particularly with one year left on the deal, knowing that the player wants to go and knowing that the club is interested again, barring Arsenal turning their attention somewhere else. And it doesn't really look like there's reporting to suggest that that's the case. So it does look like Tielemans is the guy. Um, if that's the case, then you would hope that the deal shouldn't be hard to do. Um, there's, there's talk that Leicester are willing to, to lower their demands to something a bit more uh, in line with what Arsenal are looking for which again would seem sensible and Lord knows enough teams have had us bending over backwards to, to meet their demands. So it would be nice for a change for someone else to, to lower their demands to meet ours. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm not too stressed about or worried about it. our team looks good. I'm interested in seeing how Fabio Vieira settles into our midfield. Um, you know, despite how some people uh, viewed him last season, I think Lokonga shows a lot of promise and I think he would turn out really good for us. So we'll just have to see how that goes. What else do we have to cover? So there is the news that uh, Salah Adin has joined Hull City on loan. Um, with the way Arsenal reported it, it was that it was a loan for the season. It has been confirmed by Hull on their website that there is an option to make the move permanent. Um, I think this is a, this is a case where you just have to say not every player who comes to the academy is going to make it into the Arsenal first team, get a starting number and kick on and win trophies. That doesn't mean that they failed. It doesn't mean that, you know, the club have somehow failed. This is how academies are supposed to work. Really good players come into your academy, you develop them and they either become a player for you or you sell them and you make money from them. That's how academies work. And if that's what we're doing, it means our academies function previously DC's been in in for a few years with with this Arsenal, with the Arsenal Academy. Um, before some of the changes were made, we were losing really good players from our academy for, you know, silly money. There was no buyback clauses. There were no sell on clauses. We were just you know losing losing really talented players who have gone on to do really really well. The likes of Donal Malin and Ismail Benassar and and so on. So, um, I think. Uh, We'll see. We don't, you know, I haven't heard yet what the um, what the buy option is. 
But in any case, you just have to wish wish him well and uh, good luck for the coming season. And again, Hull may not take up the buy option. He may come back, be part of the team, and who knows. But for now, just wish him all the best and let's see let's see what happens for the future. Uh, lastly, there was some talk about... Um, oh, no, before we get onto that, um, in terms of moves, Ainsley McLeanals, that's another one that needs the that uh, we're going to be um, waiting to see what happens with. Seems to be suggestions that there's interest from a number of clubs, um, particularly West Ham, but also clubs um, in Germany. And again, it's one of those we just have to see. I wouldn't be surprised if it, that was literally a deadline day transfer. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Other clubs know, we, you know he wants to go. They know we want him to go. They can get him for less money than uh, they otherwise would. I'll be interested to see what impact the uh, English tax has on him because, you know, he came through the academy, he broke into the first team, he's got, you know, over 50 appearances for the clubs, uh, for the club. He's played in, um, you know, Premier League, Europa League. He's um, won an FA Cup with us and is an England international. So you would hope that any fee we'd get for Maitland-Niles would be a good fee. Now, he's in the last year of his contract and everyone knows he wants to go and we want to get rid of him. So I'm not expecting... You know, I'm not expecting silly, silly numbers, but I would hope that we can get a decent fee for him, all things considered, even with a year left on his contract. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. But as I said, uh, barring, you know, any interested clubs wanting to get him in for their next round of fixtures, I'm thinking that's going to be a deadline day thing. But I could be wrong because, let's face it, football is wild. Um, and yet the last thing, there were those stories going around about Arsenal being investigated for FFP breaches potentially. Um, but I, I don't think there's much to that from what's coming out. It sounds like Arsenal were looked at due to spending, but it's it's been dismissed. Um, and I think in large part, um, you would have seen a thread from Swiss, Swiss Ramble. If not, uh, go check it out. Um, brilliant thread, as always. Um, looking into Arsenal spending and just what the impact is uh, FFP-wise and Essentially, you know, between the relaxation of FFP around the COVID rules and um, getting big wages off the books, um, it seems to be that the club have it under control. But it does demonstrate the importance of clearing big wages. So I know it's gallings, uh, particularly the degree to which Arsenal have had to do that in recent months, cancelling contracts or or uh, getting rid of players for, for less than they're worth. But when you look at that thread from Swiss Ramble and you look at the impact getting those wages off the books has on the club's finances and the health of the club finance. I think it tells you why it was necessary, particularly particularly if you're doing a teardown rebuild. And this is the thing that I have to stress about the club's approach to that. If you are just um, making amendments or changes to the, to the club's uh, playing staff, then you don't necessarily need to do that because you're, you're sort of adding a few plays in, taking a few plays out. You just phase those plays out. But what we were doing was a teardown rebuild because the entire thing needs to be fixed. The culture needs to be fixed. The playing staff need to be fixed. You know, we've even got rid of some of the backroom staff, the, the physio staff. It's, there's been big changes. Obviously, we've seen the Game of Thrones house of cards going on um, at the executive level over the last few years. So uh, part of the reason for the approach has been the degree to which the change is needed and the degree of the change and the speed that the club wanted to do it at. That's part of why they've taken this approach, um, rightly or wrongly. And if nothing else, I think you can see some of the uh, fruits born on the pitch, essentially. Uh, so, 
yeah, that's that from me. As I said, this is a Hybrid Club midweek one shot. Um, which boy C says, and yeah, nothing else to say, but have a great day. And we'll talk soon. There'll be another one shot um, later this week and a full episode out tomorrow. Looking forward to the game against Fulham on the weekend. That's it for me. Have a good one, people.